Hawks fans were left dispirited by the team's dismal display against the Demons, a five-point defeat, the end result at the MCG. And now Clarko's men are at a crossroads in what's been a weird and underwhelming season so far. Yes, we've seen worse losses, but there's plenty of questions to get to nevertheless right here on the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason, and I'm joined by a man who, for whatever reason, subjected himself to the replay of Saturday's game. G'day, Tiz. Well, I thought people were being hysterical, and I wanted to see if it was actually warranted. And what did you come up with? I became hysterical. (laughs) That's fair enough. (laughs) It was bad, but it wasn't as bad as some people were making out. Wingard wasn't as bad as it seemed. I mean, he had a chance to win the game. It can't have been too bad. What I thought was one of the worst performances was Clarko at the end of the game. It was interesting, wasn't it? We haven't seen that side of Clarko, if not for a while, maybe ever. It's not me, it's you, it's <laughs> all of us, it's society. <laughs> <laughs> He's been trotting out some weird lines this year, hasn't he? Yeah, no one re- really knows what they're doing. Um, certainly not us, in parentheses. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, if you read between the lines, he's been saying that for a few rounds, and now he's come to this whole, uh, we're a middle-of-the-road mob sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, well, we're going to have to make um, game, uh, game plan changes, and also there'll be some personnel changes as well. And I mean, can I just say, I don't think he's wrong in specifying that we're a bit middle-of-the-road. What else has he got to change, Nick? Well, that's my worry. There's two things he has... Yeah. He can change personnel and the plan. It's all just verbiage. Well, I'm uh, of the opinion that it's the plan, and it better be the plan, <laughs> because you can't do bugger all else with the personnel at this point. We're running out of excuses and fast, and I think Clarko knows that. What was the headline in the Sunday, Brown and Old? Oh, wow. How long have they had that one ready to go? Since <laughs> about 2014? Oh, no, I'm pretty sure that was trotted out in the early 90s. Back to the halcyon days of the yeah. uh, too old. Too slow. Too good. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is interesting. With the 666, we are seeing a lot of older players getting exposed and mm. copying injuries. At, I mean, they get them in a high rate anyway than the younger fellas. But um, it's interesting that Scrimshaw gets rested. You know, so Yeah, well, 20 years old. And it, it was specified that it was managed. Uh, I didn't see it coming, I'll, I'll tell you that right now, but when I saw it, I thought, yeah, well, fair enough. Well, you did have a very quiet second half against Carlton, I suppose. Well, I just think it's, a lot has been asked for him of the first six rounds of the season, and I, I think he's really stepped up to the plate. I think if anyone's earned a rest, you know, his name would have to be thrown about. So I was fine with him to be uh, managed, as it were, but... Uh, Can't manage Amira. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> So, was there any protection afforded Amira at all? Because after Harms moved to him, mm. after quarter time, yeah. uh, Harms absolutely destroyed Amira. Let's make no oh, yeah. bones about yeah, that. Yeah, you can't get around that. That's exactly what happened. He even had more impact on the park. He didn't just nullify Amira. Oh, no, he excelled. Harms yeah. played a great game. Um, yeah, It was like Amira was dragging him to where he ought to be. Who'd have thought that our midfield doesn't bat deep, huh? I mean, well, I mean, you can afford the guy some. You just have to break down harms. You need to get in his way. You need to make it harder for him. Well, it's a bit of the whack a mole thing, isn't it? If Omir is down, someone else has got to bob up. And no one else did. But it's not all bad news, is it, Nick? Your mate took a lovely mark right in the goal square. <laughs> oh, the switch to Mitch. Well, that's working. That's something that's paying off, I think. We've got some positives to get through, listeners. Don't worry about that. It's not not all going to be negative. I mean, it's hard losing to Melbourne. 
it, at, the, a, at the best of times. Yeah, and it was a you know pretty thrilling last few minutes, and to not be on the right side of it is a bit demoralising. But look, we've got a podcast to do, we've got a show to do. Yeah, we've got to get up for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly right. Let's get to the social media stuff first. Now, iTunes, you can rate and review us. I'd really appreciate it if you did. We heard from Shane O'Youngy who left a review. Uh, really pleasing podcast. <laughs> Love your work, boys. Great to get some Hawk Talk up in Queensland. Five stars. So thank you, Shane O'Youngy. And you too can leave a review such as that or a rating. We're on 141 ratings, Tiz. Now, uh, is this significant? Well, to your delight, it is not. Oh, again. <laughs> 141. No player for the, for the Hawthorne Football Club has played exactly 141 games, nor have they kicked exactly 141 goals. So... The segment is shelved for yet another week. So you'd be pleased with that. Yep. Okay. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter as well, at Pod. It's a great way to celebrate a win, but as we've seen this year, uh, also the perfect place to vent your spleen and work through a fairly dispiriting <laughs> loss. So uh, you can find us on Facebook too to do yep. exactly that. Make Fa- yourself comfortable on the couch. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Pod. People would have to make themselves comfortable because there's no shortage of things to say about where the club's at at the moment. I just want to say also that uh, with iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, the, the way that people engage with the show... Uh, we recognise that that's people taking their time out and making space in their week for us, which is pretty awesome. We really appreciate that. Winning or losing, uh, it's just great to have you on board. So thanks for getting around the Hawk Talk podcast. And I've noticed that Mm. if they have a focus, if it's part of a conversation rather than people just putting up comments on Facebook, Mm -hmm. it's a lot less nuffy. Have you noticed that? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I have noticed. Yeah. So our conversations are generally pretty good online. I really love our community. I love the the listener base that we've formed. It's really great talking to people online. Again, regardless of what the club's doing, it's just great talking to Hawks fans. There's good observations. There's constructive criticism. Yep. There's, you know, whinging as well mixed oh, in tough. with that, yeah, especially well, during the games. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, but it's, that's it's... fantastic because I don't feel like I'm the only one out there. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah, you feel like kindred Hawthorne spirits are out there. And that's passion. That's passion for the game. It's passion for our club, and we love to see that. Uh, we love to hear from you as well. Uh, now, let's get to the recap. There's no point putting it off. Uh, but I thought we might start, apart from the scoreboard, Melbourne 11-13-79 defeated Hawthorne 11-8-74. thought we might start with just a few positives before we get into the inevitable negative. Positive, aspects. number one. Positive, number one. I was at Flemington. <laughs> you were. <laughs> but you did have to watch the replay, unfortunately. Yeah, I you. did watch the replay. Yep. Yeah. I don't know how it looked on TV, but live... Well, there, was, were a couple uh, of, there were a couple of things that I caught while I was at the track, and uh, there were some despicable wastage. This is not sounding very positive. I just... Uh, but there, then there were other things where I was like, oh, we should win this one, you know. Obviously, we've got it over them for talent. It did seem that way. Certainly uh, in the first quarter, I think I even tweeted at quarter time that you can't tell me that we can't beat Melbourne. Mm. I mean, obviously it was proven wrong by the end, <laughs> but I thought I really did think we were in the box seat for a, not a crushing victory, but just like, you know, we'll just get the job done. It'd be fairly methodical. Nothing to write home about. Could have been a solid win, Yeah, I felt. I mean, some of those chances were just guilt-edged stuff. Yeah. And they wasted them, even though... Um, how many did Gunston kick in the end? Well, Gunston was one of my shining lights. He kicked three. Uh, now, Bruce managed four goals, so he, he outdid him there. But Gunston had more of a complete game, I felt. He finally fired up this week. He had 20 touches, eight marks, and three goals. And uh, was one of the highlights for mine, one of the positives. Almost like he likes playing forward, you know? Strange. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? Well, I mean, this is one of the weeks where we could afford to play him forward. 
I think we had the personnel that we didn't have to chuck him back, didn't have to I, force I. him to Burgoyne. be versatile. Yeah, Burgoyne. Burgoyne's back. And even someone, you know, Tim O'Brien, I don't think was terrible. No one will say a thing about that. You I won't think, hear supporters I think, about talking about Tim O'Brien no, I think week. he can be proud of his performance, as can Brand. Brand had, I think, 10 one-percenters. So I think he led our team for that. So hats off to him for that, at least. It seemed to me that some of the older heads were the ones that were slow to react to danger mm. in the in the situations. Now I'm not I don't understand their structures awesomely, mm. but well, certainly, certainly not, not they seem to be do. the ones that were exposed. Yes. It wasn't the younger players. And I, I although Brand and Tim O'Brien don't seem to be very they seem to be very defensively minded. They don't seem to create much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sicily's there for that. He's very That's good true, at yeah. that. Yep. But uh, and we miss Scrimshaw in that domain. Yeah, I was just going to say that because yep. he can he can intercept and and, and kickstart a, a nice chain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they held their own. I mean, it's not like we've got a premiership side here, Nick. We've got two blokes mm. who are still under hundred games mm. trying to hold down key position. Well, a, a lot came through on Twitter, you know, in the kind of the autopsy of the game, saying, "Well, you know." What did you blokes expect? Like, what did you think this season was going to be? And I don't think anyone really expected us to be a premiership side. But it's... I expected us to retain our ruthlessness mm. in attack. And that is something we haven't got. And it just kind of gets a bit old when you... And you they know... know they haven't got it because they were arguing about it at half time. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. And been... Wingard's like, I thought you blokes were good at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was the conversation. <laughs> I want to hear the other half of it. We thought you'd add something, you know, that kind of stuff. Is that what it was? <laughs> For Wingard, I love that he's passionate enough to do that in front of however few oh, people there were. Yeah. wasn't <laughs> well attended. Uh, but do you know what I mean? That's passionate. He wants to be better. Yeah, I mean, he, look, he's he gives us stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. with how it's going. He he's want, frustrated. He wants to and win. And he doesn't want to wait and do it in the in the rooms. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it's... it's uh, you know, a lot of people are saying you shouldn't do that in front of people. Well, there is that side to it, but I'd prefer them to be fired up about what's going on in the field you think, than not at all. Do you think the D's went, oh, look, they're um, they're infighting? Uh, no. Because no, they've got enough of their club at the moment anyway. Don't don't <laughs> Unlikely th- for them to be pointing that finger. No, I think the opposition probably just sort of sticks to their own process. They don't really give a stuff about what's happening with Hawthorne. They go into the rooms, they go through their, their methods and what they need to do at half-time, and then they come back out on the field. Any danger of anyone clipping Hunt on the, ra- on the way through? Mm, yeah, that would have been handy. <laughs> there just seems to be this lack of team ethic. Yeah. Uh, they're not protecting one another. Mm. Well, it, you it's, talk it's, about one-percenters, mm. and I think they're lacking. Well, it's funny you bring up Wingard, because when something like that happens, and, and you know, I think even as we record now, we're not entirely sure of the content of that conversation between Wingard and, and the rest of the... we never will be privy to that until oh, well, there's, a, yeah. there's a book written in Wingard's um, book where he relates how he won a Brownlow in that <laughs> premiership year. Yeah. Um, it'll be a fantastic chapter to read. Exactly what happened in that first month but, but for at now, Hawthorne. Yeah. For now, when that happens, I don't even really need to know what was said, but that's not what a team... Does it's not what a winning team does, Tiz. You know, you know what I mean. As soon as I, you know, heard oh, that, I, I don't know. That's true. Oh, I think it doesn't happen where the captain is in control. Mm. It feels like there's no one that Wingard 
can go to in the rooms to say, listen, you need to tell them this for me. Yeah. But he doesn't need that. Well, it's, obviously, it's, I'm just saying there's something off about it where I'm like, I don't think this is a team that runs out winners today when something like that happens. I don't know. Am I making too much of it? Maybe. If they'd improved in the second half. Well, I mean, Melbourne switched on and we just didn't go with them. That was part of the problem. Uh, look, let's get to another positive before we get too deep in... Hardwick. Well, Hardwick, yeah, who was named by the club at least, the MVP for the day. He battled hard all day. Normally a really solid contributor anyway, but had his best game for the year on this occasion. 19 touches at 89.5% disposal efficiency, 7 marks. Helped us rebound from our 58 uh, times. 6-1 percenters, not a single clanger, Tiz. So, devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just not, you know, putting himself... Right on the edge of his game if he's not making any clangers and he's running out at 89.5%. What do you reckon? I think that's pretty brutal, isn't it? I don't know. You look at some of the other guys, their disposal efficiency is very low, but that's because Mm. they're putting themselves in situations where others don't want to be. Is this bloke being too choosy? (laughs) I mean, that's certainly another side to it, but I think that's far too harsh. Good. Okay. Well, I I can say it about Hardwick because I know that's not what he's doing. (laughs) <laughs> okay but that argument could be related to other players certainly and we'll leave that there <laughs> this is a very roundabout way of making your point well I'm, i just try and try it that... out for blake hardwick when it doesn't apply yeah well because it applies to others that aren't necessarily you know people value their uh intentions and their ability to retain possession but um, they're mm. selective in which possessions they are retaining yeah. We had Jarman Impey as well. His reinvention as a defender continues to be a revelation. He found the footy 22 times, used it pretty well. Uh, 81.8% disposal efficiency, six tackles, and he was among our best for that stat, laying tackles. Well, we actually outperformed Melbourne on all indicators for pressure. Is that right? That seems so bizarre to me. So... I can't be the only Hawks fan listening to that and going and just scratching their heads. Oh, and all these people talking about contested possessions, forget them. We never won that during the three-peat. We don't care about contested possessions. The ones that we have to be really, really uh, depressed about are the the uncontested possessions. Because the Mm. uncontested possession means you've got a chance to make a ball movement begin. You have the chance to relay the ball and have a goal-scoring opportunity. Mm. Now... With contested possessions, that's less likely. Uh, let's see. Everybody had Butterfingers. Oh, it was a shocking day for that. Oh, the skill level was just atrocious. Why is that? I don't know. It it's, was almost like it was contagious. It's that assumed pressure. I guess, but, you know, even Clarkson knew this and, and pointed it out that even when we're just in clear space, the fundamental things of just marking the football would just put it on the ground under no pressure. McAvoy towards the end. McAvoy had a couple of them, actually. Yeah. But towards the end there, just that... The, precisely He's got a huge workload, though, against Gorn. Did you think that we erred by not bringing in Segler or someone uh, to ch- give him a chop out? Oh, look, maybe. I, I think... Uh, because that has been working for every round yeah. for other clubs. Just uh, uh, working over Gorn. Yeah, and they didn't bother to study that or... Ignored it, maybe. Uh, I, look, I don't know. I look, don't know. Clarkson's not wrong in saying that Melbourne were no good. No, no, he's not. We wasted a hell of a lot of chances, and when we waste chances, the ball pinged right back, and they scored, mm. which was just pathetic yep. because they should have. They should. If you're in a goal-scoring opportunity, you should have the tenacity and the presence of mind to be able to stop. 
the Ds or at least position yourself to make it harder for the Ds to come back mm. through you and score, which they seem to be doing at will yeah, at that's some true. points, even if they were inaccurate themselves. Hawthorne's been really bad for that this year, though. That's not just a this-game issue. Well, that's a planning and execution issue. That's not personnel. No. well, Because Box Hill can do that. I want to make it clear to listeners right now, and this will foreshadow maybe the next 20 to 30 minutes, that I do not think it's the personnel that's the problem. And people will go on about our ageing list and this and that. I do not think that's the problem. I think it's strategy that's the problem. And if you want to talk about Gorn, I mean, that is probably point number one for strategic deficiency. He was the best player of the round. He was. He was number... We, we played him back in a form. That is on Hawthorne and it's on Clarkson, I believe. Strategically, we took Max Gorn from being shockingly out of form to Champion Data's number one ranked player for the round. That is on the club. That is on us. And the way they did that was they came up with, seemingly, if there was a plan B, we didn't see it. And there certainly wasn't a plan C. There was no other plan than to kick it to McAvoy, who of course always had Max Gorn on him. Mm. Where else is he going to be? Or Max was further towards goal. Yeah. Well, it, it was basically, regardless of where Gorn was, it was far too predictable. That's what I'm saying. We'll get in, Some listeners noticed that as well. We'll get into that later. But um, we flagged recently also that it was somewhat concerning that, you know, there's that core group of Hawthorne players that keep on stepping up and rising to Dependable, the occasion. Yep. Yeah, and it's often that combination of McAvoy and Sicily, O'Meara, Warpole, Henderson. That, they're the shining lights we've seen this year. None of those players were particularly outstanding on the weekend. And against Melbourne, yeah, you're going to lose the game. My question is, what happens against GWS? <laughs> you know, if none of those guys come to play, we're going to get absolutely smacked. No question. Perhaps. But I think they had 10 days on us and we were coming off a six-day break. Is that right? That's right. I mean, how much we do you want We were down wanna... one midfielder due to the tribunal who apparently, mm. you know... That was worth a how, week. How much do you want to factor that in? Because Cousins has played how many games? Well, when you're so far down on rotations. I think that meant that we couldn't bring Segler in, didn't it? Did it? I, I, that's the only thing I can think of, because well, otherwise it's mm, pretty dumb Yeah. not to have a rotation through Gorn. We're obviously not the only ones that are down about this performance. We alluded to it before, what Clarkson said in his uh, post-match presser. Shortly after full-time, I actually tweeted from the Hawk Talk Pod account that there were no excuses. And it was a sentiment later echoed by Alistair Clarkson. Uh, he lamented also... Oh, did he li- list the non-excuses, did he? Or in, <laughs> in a rather Scott-esque fashion? I don't think he really danced around anything. He basically... If anything, he went too far, I think. He didn't give fans much hope for the rest of the season. He all but said that we're not playing finals and it could take us months, maybe even years, to get to anything resembling like a contender. That's pretty damning. I guess it was. But do you want him to sugarcoat it? Well, I don't. I want him to act like this is an emergency situation. So do I. And he stopped short. Someone obviously pressed him on the idea of catastrophic change, which is still that soundbite that's been haunting him. <laughs> but uh, he didn't say there'd be catastrophic change, but he did flag, you know, potential personnel and game style changes, as you said before, Tiz. Uh, we heard from one of our listeners, Jarvis, who said, for the sake of the fans who love the pod as well as the team, talk about what Clarko said, that we have to find our next team. Where does it come from? When will it happen? Does this year without our Brownlow medalist matter? This is a development year. 
definitely. The question is, are we developing the right players? Is Burgoyne hindering someone else's growth? At the moment, you'd probably say he's not. Mm. Um, that he's needed in that side to develop the other players around him. And what about the uh, the likes of Jared Ruffhead? There seems to be no obvious walk-up start that's easily going to replace him at the moment, even though Ruffy's, you know, in the twilight of his career. Okay, well, the Dogs have some bloke called Norton who took nine contested marks and looks like an absolute freak, mm-hmm. who was useless for about four rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, every now and again turns up. He has come from basically nowhere. Mm-hmm. Do we have something like that? What are you alluding to? I don't know. I just I We don't know, do we? Well, I thought you were going to submit Nash's name there for a sec. No. No, <laughs> I wasn't going to put Nash up. Mind you, I think that having Segler and Nash not play footy for three weeks now, mm. due to the fact that Box Hill had a bye, yep. is pretty bloody dreadful. It's not great management, is it? Well, I mean, Segler is one who takes ages to come back into form, mm-hmm. and he wasn't even in good form to begin with. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Now yeah. he's had 21 days without kicking a ball in anger. <laughs> and what, he's going to line up against GWS? Because yeah. people are saying, swing the axe. Yeah. But I, I just I don't know how you do. I'm not sure who you... A, who you take out as, as instant omissions, the no-brainers, and second to that... Who you bring in who are just instant inclusions? Are we thinking that uh, Clarko's just run out of ideas? Well, that's the worry. And everyone seems torn about this on Twitter. As far as our listener base is concerned, you've got the camp that's like, "Uh, I'm not really sure. And then you've got the the adamant in Clarko we trust fans. And I see both sides, but I think we know where the coach himself stands. He seems mildly concerned, doesn't he? Yeah, I think the the biggest concern for Clarko is he makes these excuses for the lacklustre tackling numbers. Mm. And he comes up with things like, well, the tackles aren't rewarded. That's why we're not, you know, in parentheses, that's why we're not sticking the tackles. Mm. And there were a few dreadful attempts at tackles. You can't even call them tackles. Yeah. They were just strode through by the Melbourne players. True. Um, And that would be... That is a very worrying sign, but it's been a worrying sign for two years now, and it doesn't seem to have been corrected. Now, generally, you'd settle at Hawthorne, you'd settle on the fact that they have standards that other people aren't going to match. Well, their mm. standards for tackling are well below par. They are subpar across the competition. I would say that's especially true of this year. That's something I've really begun to notice. And we noticed with the Bulldogs mm-hmm. that they'll challenge the tackler in that first quarter. Carlton did it beautifully. Yep. Melbourne again. They can't keep going like that. They need to get someone in there to teach them how to tackle. You bring up Norton before. Where does our next team come from? Do we have the pieces in place and we just don't know it? Or do we have to? Do we start building towards the look draft? At, look or? at Port Adelaide. Yeah. How many youngsters on their list can you name? Because well, I, I there's name, about five of their best players ha- have hardly played. Yeah, I can name at least three. And I think two of them already have a rising star nom. Exactly. Inside seven rounds. So We know our development's excellent mm-hmm. of these young talents. Is it too early to play them? When you say them, who are you referring to specifically? Well, we've got Jackson Ross, mm. who looks light. Yep. But, I mean, have you looked at Rosie? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just got to back these kids in. Jones. The 666 is making it far easier for a young man to compete against an old man. Mm-hmm. The old men used to be able to wear them down by just creating this melee that roamed around the ground and there'd be no space for the young kids to show off their tricks. Yep. Now there's space. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think Clarkson's adapted to it. I think the list might be exposed for a little while, being being too old. Yep. Not because individuals are too old, but because the old players can no longer exert their strength on the contest like that. Mm. Okay, they can no longer pummel these guys into the ground. You look at Sydney, they're midfield. They're they're quite old. Yeah. They are getting smashed. Yeah. They've suffered worse than us. Especially on the outside. And I think, to my mind, Longmire's game plan is absolutely rooted. Mm. Okay, that is bygone era stuff. <laughs> okay, that's never coming back. Yeah. And he has to find a new way of playing. Even Ross Lyon has come up with a better way. But this is it, isn't it? This is on Clarkson now, if he is the well, he, I mean, he, he, he just, is the genius that yeah. everyone holds him in high regard. Like, they hold him to that standard. Um, he's, at, he's, he's at that level already, mm. right? If he goes again, it's just stratosphere stuff. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. Obviously. I've always been critical of a lot of his abilities to identify leadership within groups. Mm-hmm. I don't think he does that well. I think we're lacking leadership on field at the moment. I think Stratton's un- underperforming. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure whether that's because he's struggling with his role as it is in the 666, or he's mm. struggling with being captain. It's hard to know, isn't it? From from sitting in or standing, as it were, in Well, we never knew the... how, how bad Ruffy was having it when he was captain. He well, said exactly. he had his own challenges. Yeah. And he already had challenges then. Yeah. Uh, you know, medically. I mean, you almost have to be inside the four walls of the club and, and maybe even out on the ground to know for sure what the real reason is. But he has been underperforming. It's true. And you can't really have a go at a bloke at the other end of the pitch if you can't hold up your end. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, it makes it extraordinarily it difficult sort of pulls to be the carpet out of, from under you and your <laughs> yeah. authority. Yeah, that's right. Uh, returning to Jarvis's question, does this year without our Brownlow medalist matter? Um, I think the answer is quite obviously yes. And we, it's up to us to make it matter. If we're not going to be a contender this year, we have to put things in place now to be a contender real soon, if that's next year or the year after. Uh, you know, Clarkson is talking about, uh, well, we heard from another listener, actually, Mount Everest. This morning on the radio, they were talking about Clarko leaving and where he will go. This is on Triple M, I believe. Uh, Is this even a possibility? I'm not sure how I could cope if it's true. Now, Clarkson, on Talking Footy in March, I'll just remind people of this. This is a quote from Clarkson. Probably by the end of this contract, which is 2022, if Hawthorne haven't been able to look like they're giving themselves a chance to win silverware, then it's probably time for me to move on. There's a reason it's 2022. Hmm. That's when this crop should be ready to win a premiership. That's right. That's Clarkson's project. And that's why this year, that's why we've got to make this year matter. If we're not going to do anything meaningful in terms of being a contender this year, we've got to work out the 666 thing. Because I think, as you you put so rightly, we've not adapted well. Clarkson has virtually said that in every post-match presser he's given. That he hates it. Well, he's saying stuff like he can't identify patterns in other teams, mm. nor ones that, that that his own team should be adopting. That's a problem. Because <laughs> he's saying everyone's confused. Well, not everyone's confused. Well, Geelong aren't confused. Or we're just unlucky. Yeah. And we have been unlucky in yeah, a couple been, of games. We've been unlucky. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. But you should be beating Melbourne. We had more opportunities to score than Melbourne. Mm. Uh, that's why it's such a frustrating result. I mean, it's five points. Who cares? Five points, nothing. doesn't matter how big the result was, mm. to be honest. You should not be losing to that mob. No. We heard from Sam. Do we as Hawks fans still have complete confidence that Clarko will figure this out and we just have to trust him? Love to hear your thoughts on this week's pod. Uh, now, Tiz, I'll come out and say that, yeah, I back Clarko. I don't back Clarko. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Not in and of himself. He's He's got a team, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure whether losing so many of his cadets, mm. uh, the bloke up at Brisbane now. Fagan. Andrew Russell. Yep. Ratton. Yeah. Who else has gone? I mean, if you just want to look at senior well, coaches, they're, they're, Bolton, Simpson, Beveridge. Yeah. I mean, how far back do you want to go? We've, we've lost yeah, a lot of people. And there was one key component that each of them did. Yeah. And that was reinterpret what Clarkson had delivered to a player mm. and tell them to take it on board and work with it. But yeah. they were still a good player, even though Clarko had completely castigated them <laughs> in front of the group or whatever. Yeah. And that he was right. The message doesn't get diluted but they're still a good player and they're still valuable. Mm. Now, if he's doing that with young players or even old players mm. and then they're not getting the positive feedback from that assistant coach, that's when you get that fumbling crap that we're seeing, okay? Yeah. Because it's an assumed pressure from the coach's box. And I assume this is associated. Clarko's the one down on the bench. He's not in the box. Well, that to me, we talked about it last time, but that displays mm. a, a non-confidence in the paths to getting... Information that's out what I to mean. the players. Yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. That's all part of it. That's a, that's about uh, backing the team around you as a coach as well. I think. Yeah. So it's it's so working he, a he, lot differently. He formulated. He said it's for his feedback, so he can find out what's wrong quicker, and mm. then correct it from yeah. the players. <laughs> I'm gonna gonna dispute that. <laughs> that uh, well, that it's working because uh, I don't think he has a plan B, as I touched on before. You can imagine that Clarkson would be all hours on this. Okay, this mm. is a bloke that doesn't like losing. No, I don't question his commitment or anything like that. He would be working overtime looking, but that might be part of the problem. Maybe. That the Maybe. pressure is just rising and you're just not going to get that kind of development out of such a young group so quickly. And the cohesion is not there. Mm. You can see cohesions in the back line. You can see cohesions in the midfield. But cohesion up forward, I... It's remarkably bereft oh, of yeah. anything symbol, um, you know, looking like a system. The cohesion between those lines is even worse. Well, seeing as we're getting onto this now, this ties into a lot of the listener questions that we received at Hawk Talk Pod there on Twitter. Uh, we heard from Blytho. Uh, the constant bombing down the line and into the forward line is too predictable and doesn't work for us, yet we continually do it. When we move the ball quickly, we look good and dangerous. I'm not sure why we don't do this more often. And okay, all our goals come from execution errors from our opposition. Mm. They have That's across the whole AFL. Yep. If your opposition buggers up, you kick a goal. We're playing for distance. Mm. The closer we are to our goal, when they bugger it up, the easier it is to kick a goal, even though we made it look hard on the, on the weekend. Yes. Okay? That's what they're doing. So going and bombing it down the line is a logical step, frustrating as it may be to watch. It's often their best hope. And I stress, hope. <laughs> uh, we heard from Jacob as well. Why are the coaching staff being so stubborn with that slow, predictable ball movement? We have proven that we look way better when we run in waves and attack with chains of handballs. And yet, in the second half, we reverted back to the slow stuff. Why? Asks Jacob. Can I wait? Um, because they, they dropped <laughs> men behind the ball mm. and we had to run. Oh, didn't they just? Yeah. So <laughs> we couldn't run through the line after that because they were, they were hammering us on the uh, rebound. I just want to say this, and this will sound... I want to say mm. that why the f why didn't Clarkson <laughs> mm. man up that extra defender? Yeah, I don't know. And how on earth, when they had their breaks, did we still have less men in our defence? I know. It was 
just astonishing. All right, it's a complete breakdown of the system. Yeah. But here's the thing, and this will sound completely simplistic and perhaps a tad condescending to both these gents that have messaged us. I don't mean it to be that way. But the team with the footy in hand, they'll get away with as much as an opposition allows, to some extent. Oh, absolutely. So the opposition's job then is to structure up to prevent Hawthorne from doing as we please. Yeah, you're only as good as your opponent allows you to be. Exactly. Simple, simple premise, but it's true. Now, instead of bothering to work our way through the problem and troubleshoot what Melbourne's response was and coming up with almost like a counter-counter-attack, we just did what we thought would work. And we didn't change anything. Oh, I see. So you're saying that it was a stubborn effort. Absolutely it was. And that is what Blytho and Jacob have I think Clarko basically gambled on us having better players and eventually working through it. And mm. that is exactly what he needs from the young players. He needs them to work it out for themselves. Okay? Yeah. And that might be where his greatest disappointment is, that these blokes haven't worked it out and Melbourne are crap. We've mm. got a problem. Yeah, well... It was, okay? Yeah, it was people calling if they out, can't work out how to beat Melbourne on their own, yeah, it's a, we've got a problem. It's a little dire. But, I mean, there was people yelling out from M10, virtually like, just try something else. Like the definition of insanity, you know, basically, can we just stop bombing it to McAvoy? It's just not working. And yeah, I think you're right. The players, to some extent, they're still young, but there comes a time when they can't have their hand held through this stuff. You just need to be out in the field and work out, oh, it's, geez, the ball's coming back to me quite quickly if I do this. Yeah, it takes a certain amount of bravery to... And, and, and Hodge buggered this up many times, but to mm. kick across the ground... It, it takes a lot of patience diagonally to... Diagonally, and you've got... And that man running to it has to take a risk because if well, he drops it, it's a that's very right. easy conversion for the and, opposition. And I imagine the, the player receiving that ball is like, well, what the bloody hell are you giving it to me for? You're bucking the system here. This is not the way we want to play. But Melbourne had it sussed the way that we wanted to play and we did not change. We didn't adapt. And if you don't adapt, you perish. And even if it's by five points, we only nearly won because Melbourne's Melbourne and they're crap. Clarko was right about that. But against better teams, oh, the punishment is going to be swift. It's going to be the Can worst. Can I move on to uh, the Hawthorne media team going, have you got any questions that we'd, you'd like to ask the players? Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of that. What the hell is that? Put the line coaches up. I've got a hell of a lot of questions. I've got yeah. like a folder full of questions. The players should be off uh, doing their recovery. That is not the player's job, no, to defend their performance. No, that, not the, to us. No, players are not PR. They don't need that. Don't, we, don't wheel them Sean out. Burgoyne. No, not Bur- Bur- Burgoyne. doesn't need that. Come just, on. Anyway, they just troll out, uh, trot out all the lines, don't they? Oh, yeah. It's, it's all the media training. The, the cliches are wheeled out, and it just doesn't give anyone anything, really. No. We don't want to hear it, and they don't want to talk about it, so... No, you're right. I've been sick of that too. Uh, we heard from one of our listeners, Ryan, at Hawk Talk Pod. The forward line is an unbelievable lineup. If Clark would let them stay in the forward line and not have them 60 metres out from the opposition's forward line, then having nothing to kick to. Yep. Well, again, I think a lot of this has to do with how the opposition sets up. I mean, you can't just have them stay at home at goal and let a lot of unaccounted for Melbourne players. Just build a wall. Also, it seems to be that uh, the umpires are instructed not to let Hawthorne have too long 
in judging their kicks going forward. Have you noticed that? That doesn't seem to happen with any other team. <laughs> yeah, with the call to play on? Yeah. Oh, Mitch Lewis being called to play on. I made me irate. No, but it just seems to be far less for Hawthorne players when they're looking to hit a target up the, up the line mm. or f- going forward anyway. I have to keep my eye on it because I'm not sure if it's just a Hawthorne thing or if it's across the league, but you might be right. You might be right. No, I'm but, probably not. I'm probably one-eyed as hell. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you know, Ryan is describing the ideal the ideal forward setup, but unfortunately, you kind of have to tailor what you do to what the opposition's doing uh, to some extent. Like, you... oh, I'm sick of that. Let's just make our weapon the best it can be. I think that's what 666 is about. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to focus as much anymore on deadening your opponent's best weapon. Mm. I think now we've got, we're looking for an attacking type of football, and I think you should just go all out at that. I know that the scoring is diminished across the whole league, but I think it's because people are stuck in this, let's make sure the opposition can't score before we can. I think Geelong and a few other clubs are just attacking as much as they can and converting as much as they can. Mm. Um, and, I, and I think it's working for them. I think um, St Kilda did that. They've, they haven't been able to have any backs. Mm-hmm. We similarly don't have any backmen that are performing well or aren't injured, yeah. right? Yep. We don't have any attacking backmen and they just rally themselves to just attack, attack, mm. attack. We heard from Darren at Hawk Talk Pod. Just hard to work out what our brand is. Feels like none of the lines are really connecting, which you said, Tiz. It's a weird team to watch at the moment. And in addition to that, we heard from Chris. Our brand is bomb it long without looking out of defense. Scrap our way up the ground, then bomb it long to small forwards in a contest with bigger blokes. Then be witches' hats when the team rebounds. Uh, now, I think Chris, well, the, unfortunately... The witches' hats is because we're buggered from well, all the... That's right. The effort it is to get well, it up from, there. From the aforementioned scrapping it up the yeah. ground. Um, unfortunately, I think Chris has very succinctly summed everything up there. I don't really have anything to add to that. It's a very one-dimensional uh, form of attack that we're, that we're applying at the moment. And teams have... Even Melbourne has it figured out. So so there's all the excuses that we haven't had a set of lineup. Um Guys yep. are out of form because they've had their run at the... And another one of our listeners, Tom, points out, clearly Clarkson is trying to establish a forward structure and delivery into that structure will deliver 15 to 17 goals. However, in the last four weeks, injuries and inexperienced players has made this tough and hence the mess. The darkest part of me suggests that he got Wingard to fix the issues he knew were coming. And it's not happening. And he needs to come up with a new solution. <laughs> So it's gone a bit off script, basically. Yeah. Wingard's not the mercurial player that can, at the moment, without a preseason, create goals from pathetic inside 50s. Which is that's kind of what we're looking for, hey? That's, that's basically what Clarko wants. Yeah. He wants a magician, like he want, Cyril. He wants Cyril, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he's had that luxury for a while. I don't blame him for seeking that X factor. It's what we needed. And he probably... He probably thought we had it in Chad, but not so far. He may in the future, mm. but the structure isn't there for Chad. Chad's a different player. Yep. Have you seen Chad try to take a mark off the ground yet? Because that's all I remember him doing at Port Adelaide, jumping yeah. and everything. No, not yet. Not yet. That's He's a fantastic mark. With the forward system, we're kind of running out of excuses because we've got the forward line there. It's how you use it. Now, now Dane, you've got here. Mm-hmm. Where is the killer instinct gone? 
Can we underline that a thousand times? Yeah, that's just not the uh, the savage Hawthorne outfit that you'd hope for at the moment. How many times do you yell out, kill him, and they don't even touch him? Oh, there was that shocking play with, I think, Bruce and Scully just let a Demons player just dance around yep. them. Yeah. Well, in the last quarter, I know they're probably buggered, but... You, you can't be seen to be doing that. No, just destroy him. Like, put body on body. Knock him over. Just do something. Come on. Yeah. It was immensely just frustrating. Just slow him down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also in in front of goal, the killer instinct is gone there as well. Mm. They're not making the opposition pay. And uh, there's no manic pressure. He's right. See, the AFL brought in these rules to let the players play. Mm-hmm. There's a dynamic there between Clarkson creating the systems of people adopting them and there's a dynamic there for the actual game itself rewarding players for bucking the system. <laughs> right? And yeah. we're not we're just not seeing that yet. We heard from George as well at Hawk Talk Pod. I just don't get how one minute our midfield and our forward line look to be working well, but then completely lose all sense of chemistry in the same game. Any ideas why? It's that kind of consistency we've been craving all season. It just hasn't come together. Well, I'll tell you why. You've got a bloke running out of the midfield. Depending on who it is, mm. it could be coming to you or could be going 20 metres out from directly in front of goal. Yeah. Right. So what are you going to do? Are you going to run as a lead to that player? Mm. Right. And you've already had to make this decision within the first two strides of Warple. Yes, that's picking right. Picking that ball up. Yeah. Right. Now, are you going to lead or are you going to wait for Warple to just bomb it long and you try to get front and centre? Well, I think at the moment... If you ask me what the plan is, I think it's the latter, isn't it? Well, in your choice, you're not going to go on the lead and therefore not have the option to be front and centre. And and effectively desert your teammates yeah. as well. Mm. Yeah. And that's why you see that kind of crap happening. Because mm. at one point, you know you're the only option. And in another, it could be going anywhere. One of our listeners, Ryan, uh, who we retweeted, in fact, suggested that uh, our players are promising as individuals... But as a team, the cohesion's just not there at the moment, which I think is 100% true. This is what's so frustrating. If the cohesion comes, mm. this team's more than capable making the eight, winning a final. Yep. Okay? There's no panacea for this. Clarkson's not going to find a cure overnight. Tom Mitchell would have given us a hell of a lot more of the ball, right? And we would have had O'Meara one more step out. Yep. So he'd be further to the outside of the pack to make better decisions with the ball than we're currently getting. Mm-hmm. But even then, you'd probably be seeing some kind of, you know, struggle going forward. There's well, just too much talent in that forward line without real decent direction. They're not working together. That's that's all I've been talking about on Twitter lately is just, uh, that's the frustrating part for me is that whenever I see the, the lineup announced and, you know, I do the little Photoshop thing and I put the team up on Twitter and I look at it and I'm like, that is a good... Lineup, even though even throughout this season when we've been hit with injury, even Shields and Burgoyne being out, each time I've looked at the lineup and I'm like, on paper, looks like a pretty good team. And then we go to play and it's just horrible. Remember once a week we get a Chinese checkers goal? And by a Chinese checkers goal, I mean we gather in the back 50, we handball over the top, Poppy runs on, handballs to Cyril who hands it over. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And suddenly we're out the back with Poppy running into goal. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Isaac Smith's made his way into the forward 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the outside. Mm. You know, and he just kicks across goal there, Smithy straight through. Often it was Brad Hill as well. Ah, oh, memories. Right? That's why <laughs> you get Hawthorne supporters on there going, 
I have never seen Hawthorne play this badly. Yeah, yeah. Now. <laughs> Would you say we've been hashtag blessed for some years? No, I. it's just that our standards, like those of our players in recent past, yeah. were so much higher that's right. than most other clubs. Mm. That's where the real frustration comes from. Because we know that if they do work as a team, they're a hell of a lot better than they can be individually. We heard from uh, Regan on this subject. While our current form is understandably frustrating, are the majority of our supporters spoilt silks? All we seem to do is complain about everything. He uses we in quotations there. Uh, We heard from Nick Rance on this as well. I'm just dumbfounded at the impatience. We have sucked for barely a year since winning three flags in a row. Three flags in a row. Imagine if some people supported Carlton. And uh, yeah, I mean, we have it good. We're speaking from a lot of privileges, Hawthorne supporters. But uh, I think this has been building for a while. When people are having a whinge and a moan after the Melbourne game, it's the culmination of that poor performance combined with a host of what I'd like to call what-ifs that have seen all these frustrations come to the boil. We've had a season of, you know, blaming luck. We've had blaming umpires. And now perhaps Hawthorne fans are, are having to really come to come to terms with the hardest thing of all, and that is we might not be that good. Or, if we are that good, it just might take some time. More than people, apparently, more time than people were prepared to give it. I did warn people, and it's hard for me too, so I'm not just putting this onto other fans, but I did warn people this might be a year where we need some patience, and that's what's coming to pass. Well, you can always take out the highlights DVD of 2003, or maybe 97, just to, you know, get some perspective. Well, this this is something that uh, came up on Facebook, I believe, between uh, myself, you, and one of our listeners, Carlo, where I think Carlo might have mentioned that this is not Hawthorne losing to the Suns by 87 points. And that's in our recent history. So we've definitely been in worse jams than this. That was an this. incredible evening. We had to record after that. That was, <laughs> And that was after Geelong had done it, wasn't it? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure. There were a couple of weeks where we lost by exactly the same margin. Oh, that's and right. And it was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it was, uh, it was that, <laughs> the number 87 kept on following us around. Yeah, that was... Uh, I would say in our recent history, far and away, we've not even come to that yet. Not even looked like getting anywhere near that bad. 87 points against the Suns. That game is a standout for all the wrong reasons. Aaron Hall ended up going to North off that game. (laughs) That's what got him there. Poor bugger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, it's, it's all about patience, isn't it? And I understand people being frustrated, but... I mean, what can you do but hope at this point that Clarko has something else? It won't be Clarko that writes this. The players will well, have to come together and do it themselves. I, I think a point that you kind of alluded to in our discussion like the last half hour was that it's not just all on him. Let's stop making it all about Clarkson. It is about the team around him as well as the team that he puts out in the field. It's, a, it's all the components have to fire, I think. It will work, and there'll be some poor bastard of a club that's just going to turn up one day and be like, what? <laughs> On earth was that? <laughs> and then Brad Scott will be out of a job. I mean, <laughs> do we play him again? I don't think I we don't do, think unfortunately. We do. Oh, maybe we do at Marvel. I hope we do. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon it's this week is not the week for it, though? It's Hawthorne versus the Giants, 3.20pm at the MCG, Sunday, May 12th. If you're interested in seeing the youth, get there at 10 to 12, because Box Hill are playing, aren't they? 
That's right. Yep. If you uh, don't have a mum or hate her. Um... Oh, <laughs> maybe your mum likes football. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe she'd love to see the Box Hill Hawks in action against Footscray at 11.40am. Uh, it's confirmed at the MCG, isn't it? As a curtain it raiser. Absolutely. For the, uh, for the Hawks-Giants clash. Uh, now we heard from one of our listeners, uh, Matthew. Uh, wield the axe. Too many passengers not earning their keep. Again, I'm... Well, you'll be able to see just... Who you'll be able to elevate from the VFL if you go to that. Yeah, I mean, th- there's your opportunity to see who's coming through, but uh, just who they might bring in, the the seniors, I'm not sure. So I get Matthew's passionate there, but I don't think he's going to see the kind of changes that he's alluding to. Uh, we heard from Nick Rance again as well, at Hawk Talk Pod. What's the realistic change next week? Scrimshaw in for how, maybe? Easy to say Dylan Moore out. He was fantastic. Maybe some defenders go forward. Also, why did we not get Meadows at the start of the year? A left-footed mid is very much required right now, I think. I tell you what, I can't wait for the mid-season draft. We've got Mm. one spot to fill. Who can it be? Spin the wheel! I hope it's not that random. (laughs) Well, I don't know. What's their plan? Because you would have thought that Meadows was... Here's an interesting conundrum. Mm. Birchall, does he sign off on retiring before the mid-season draft? It would be extremely sad in what's been a very sad, awkward year for Hawthorne so far. Did no one put that in the paper today? Because that is quite obviously a soundbite they should be running with. Well, I don't think anyone ventured there, which is surprising for the media. Because yeah, they love to call the end. Usually they will go that low. <laughs> Not even Damo. Not oh. even Damo Jeez, went there. I feel pretty small right now, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mean it like that. But no, I mean, you raise a fair point. It would be incredibly sad to see him end his career in such a fashion, but these are the things you've got to start considering. I would be looking on field and going, well, am I really going to you know, be up for much fun with this side now? You know, There's a lot of heavy lifting to go on here. I am not the... Yeah. How know, can he impact this, this yeah, team? I'm not the strawberry on top here. No, not at all. They're not going to be able to carry any kind of injury that I pick up. No. If he picks it up in the first quarter, they're going to... Anyway, he hasn't been in, in, in competition for a long time. Now. No, it's what over two, two mm. years or something like that. Who'd have thought that we'd get to this place with Birchall? It's very sad indeed. But these are the things that have to be considered. Uh, anyway, you, you can't be backing us in against the Giants after what we saw. After what we've seen all season, you can't really. I don't know. I think they need a backs-to-the-wall moment because that can really, really bind a group. I thought they might have come through it after that Carlton moment. Yeah, where that I was, was so bad. Yeah, I thought so too. And then they they outperformed. So we've not hit bottom yet, or maybe we have. Maybe we'll see that we have this week if we respond well. No, I mean, do you know what I mean? They need a really ominous because they were good against Geelong, mm. and Geelong are better than GWS, yep. apparently. Yes. Well, even though GWS did defeat them, so yeah, perhaps just, that's wrong. Yeah. Right, but they stood up for that game, mm. and they were they were undermanned. And there was only four goals, one goal per quarter, and we were reasonably buoyed by that. Yeah. If they can do something similar against GWS, and mind you, I don't see as GWS as being all that brilliant. Well, here's a note from the Giants Saints game from the weekend. Now, despite their poor start, St Kilda actually won the inside fifty count, thirty-seven to sixteen in the second and third terms. But it was only that they butchered the footy themselves and failed to apply scoreboard pressure that they were locked out of the game. Yeah, I can't imagine that would happen with Hawthorne. Yeah, well... Yeah, well done. I had to submit All something. Right, that's as, it. <laughs> I had to give some hope to fans so, out there. So, uh, GWS, buy as much as you like. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be that bad. I, I don't... 
Now, they didn't have Whitfield last week. Yeah. Is, he might be back. So he's a test. We might be getting Frawley back, who's a test. Really? Play on Frawley Cameron. this week? Yeah, he's listed okay. as a test. All right. So uh, Cameron is in stunning form and will be worth the price of admission you'd expect mm. on his own. He's in form to, uh, I think he's on 30 goals at this stage in 2008. Buddy Frank was on 36, so he could still make it a century of goals this year. I submit the question to you again. Who do you back for this game and by how much? Well, I'm going to have to go with GWS on current form. I think that's fair to say. I think there'll be some Hawthorne supporters that accuse us of not having the faith, but come on, let's be real. I mean, I don't get anything out of these tips. You know, not like you, Nick. <laughs> you have your multi every <laughs> week. Mason's multi, which was on. It was on, Tiz. <sighs> for me, that was a poor... That was a low light of the weekend. <laughs> Apart from the Hawthorne game. I had... You were shattered that I broke the Friday night curse. I had Collingwood by more than 40. Uh, on the back of you picking them by 1 to 39. And when Westhoff kicked that point, to bring it to 40 points... Yeah, you couldn't control yourself. You had to call me. Well, I called you after the game when Sam Pal-Pepper ended up kicking for, with about five seconds left to make it 39. Was it Pal-Pepper, was it? I believe it was, SPP. yeah. The SPP. Baked beans and spaghetti. No. <laughs> uh, so that brought it to 39 points, thereby making it the Friday night win that I hoped for. I tipped the pies by 1 to 39, and thanks to SPP in the last five seconds, we got there. Tiz, we got yeah. there. And then the uh, curse moved on to the next ra- uh, the next fixture in the round. So, yeah, which well, was us. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, it only really dawned on me about half an hour after I the match. I do feel that you should definitely just go for the multi on eight games. I oh, think that's and enough. And just forget Friday. Just forget the Hawthorne games. Oh, okay. Because it's happened before that you got all the way through to the Hawthorne game and we yeah. lost yeah. and the multi was done. That was on a Sunday. That's about as far as you've ever got. That's right. Yeah, usually it's Friday I struggle with, but there had there was that time. No, that, that's coward talk, Tiz, and uh, I won't stand for it. No, it's got to be all nine. That's Mason's multi, and we don't change the rules now. Now, have you got a rant for this um, Welsh club? <laughs> you don't want my tips first? Do you, do you want my Mason's multi tips, or do you want me to just tweet them out this week? Sydney Dons. Essendon. Dogs Lions at Ballarat. Uh, dogs. Blues Pies. Pies. Suns Ds. Uh, let's go to Suns. Saints Eagles. The Eagles. Power Crows. Oh, the showdown. Um, oh. Let's go to Power. Ruse Cats. These cats. are always tight. Yeah, well, the Cats. Thanks. Hawks Giants. Giants. Dockers Tigers. Uh, Dockers. Ooh. It's in oh, Perth. That's interesting. It's in Perth. Yeah, fair enough. All right, what's going to get us over the line this week? You, you want got a rant? rant? You got a rant oh, for Clarko? No, of course. Or? Oh, for Clarko? No, I wouldn't be so yeah, bold get as your to guitar do that. out. Act like Clarko. <laughs> well, there you go. We should have a musical rant one week. Well, that'll be while I'm away. It'll be good. <laughs> I'll take that as a little bit of an insult. <laughs> uh, whatever. Do you want me to count you in then? <laughs> Should I have started by now? All right. I, for one, can't wait till Sunday's game. An exciting showcase of who will be in brown and gold next year. Oh, yes, we're all counting down to the inevitable off-season exodus, GWS. By the way, ever so kind of you to gift us the $6 million man, Tom Scully. We'll take Cornelio and a side of fries if you'd be so kind. I mean, seriously, to be a fly on the wall in the rooms whenever Leon Cameron rallies those troops. 
Now listen here, we've still got a few of you to re-sign and it's going to be bloody expensive. So the rest of you plonkers can either perform or piss off to Carlton. I mean, imagine being a player running through the banner, knowing you're not at all a priority. Zero job security to be cut without a second thought. Be enough to make you feel all cold and prickly. Kind of like a gust of wind blowing through an empty GWS membership marquee on game day. But this is exactly the cultureless sort of thing I'd expect of the AFL's little project. This Frankenstein to life club that lacks heart and soul. The only thing remotely vibrant about the club is that garish orange that you wear. And honestly, it's a shame you won't be wearing your home strip this weekend. I was really hoping to see some high-vis mediocrity. I suppose <laughs> Hawthorne will settle for muddying up your white. And you better believe that's what's in store. What, you think you can step into our Coliseum and do as you please? Damn, I don't know what you're snorting, but Mummy must have set you up with the real good stuff. Mark it down. <laughs> Sunday, 3.20pm at the MCG. Hawthorne cuts down the Giants. So we're talking Jack and his beanstalk, right? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. That's where I was headed with that. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get done. Giants I, I do like the goals. idea that it's just like a... Um, a pick and mix yeah. uh, for the for the players we might be having it in uh, Hawthorne Colours next year. I think I said it earlier. Spin the wheel! <laughs> <laughs> we'll take whoever the Giants want to give us. I prefer oh, is that right? Okay. I, pre- I prefer it's Cornelio, but if you want to throw in a couple others too, then that's cool too. Great. End up with Palmer or something. <laughs> Patton. Patton's been linked for Patton. about five years <laughs> now. He's coming. We're not going with that one again. I've been, been burnt twice. <laughs> What about Lance Franklin to uh, to Hawthorne? Is that no, still in the not, news? No, no. <laughs> Maybe we should give that more more life. You know, I've been chatting to the AFL trade wizard, and uh, he he's got a few things to say about Lance Franklin to Hawthorne. <laughs> Multi year deal. He's gonna be he's gonna be a player coach as well. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, mm. his number's taken. So, uh... <laughs> well, cancel that then. Yep. Can't get rid of Tim O'Brien. Also, uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I Playing hear better than Franklin at the moment, if you don't mind. <laughs> he is. He actually is. Wow. We're actually there. So there you go, listeners. We end on a positive. Tim O'Brien playing better than Lance Franklin. Get your badges out. <laughs> well, I've got mine somewhere. Yeah, I gave you one. Yeah, I know. Years ago. And I didn't When he throw took all away. those marks on the wing against Carlton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the glory days, eh? We might leave it there, listeners. Uh, get on iTunes, rate and review us. Uh... Wonderful review from Shane O'Youngie with that we read off the top. Uh, get on there and rate and review us like Shane O'Youngie did. Uh, you can get on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. Find us on Facebook too, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Now, Tiz, what's your final tip? Legit this time. What do you reckon? My final tip would be, happy Mother's Day, Mum. See you at the game. I really thought you were going to say, get there early, going to be a sellout. <laughs> <laughs> There's a tip. All right, that'll do us here on the Hawk Talk podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.